Welcome to episode nine of the Sound, Body, and Mind podcast with the Bowen Center and Mental Health America of Northeast Indiana. I'm Brooklyn Beatty, heard weekday mornings on 97.3 WMEE. And with me today is special guest Esther Wilcox. She's clinical director and licensed marriage and family therapist at the Bowen Center. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks. And before we dive into today's topic, once again, just want to remind you that if you have any questions about what we're talking about today or you want to learn more, you can always text the word Bowen, that's B-O-W-E to 46862 or visit the Mental Health and Wellness Hub under On Demand on WME.com. But Esther, today we are talking about the new year. It's 2023. And when the new year begins, um, we always think about New Year's resolutions, things that we could be doing better. Mm -hmm. You might be looking for a new job or ways to save money. But I think some of the biggest things are always trying to improve your health and fitness. And I got to know, is it a good time to start these healthy habits when it's dark and it's the dead of winter is it hard for people to get motivated this time of year it's very hard for people to get motivated um i think what we see is a lot of people they're just like new year new me sort of uh absolutely perspective and they go in like just full force everything changes all at once and it's like honestly like it is hard to get motivated but it's honestly a really good time of the year to like improve your fitness or eat a little bit healthier um maybe kick a bad habit uh because if we can if we can do one of those things Mm -hmm. then we can really improve our moods which is a nice thing to have going into like february when it's just dark clouds and sadness for a month um so it, it can be a really good time of year to do that but it's also challenging because motivation is low we tend to be a little bit guilty because we maybe overate or uh uh some other things during the holidays. yeah all the holiday parties oh yeah exactly <laughs> um so when what is the best way do you have advice on how to start something new like this so you actually stick with it and make the changes you want to make and don't give up by the beginning of march yeah um so there are a few different things that are really helpful in forming healthy habits um and this would go for anything not just like health and nutrition wise, but they, they are really effective in these capacities. Um, one of those things would be when you're making a habit change, start small, start with a little change first um, and practice that for about 30 days. And then if you feel like that's going really well, you can add in another habit from there. Um, another thing that's really useful is habit bundling. And that's where you're taking something you already do well and add in the new thing you're trying to do so that you're not just starting something brand new. So if you really like listening to music, listen to music and take a walk at the same time. There you go. You know, that sort of thing. Um, another thing that's really useful is um, doing celebrations. When you reach certain steps in whatever your habit forming is, is using celebrations throughout. And I'm not talking like massive celebrations where it's like, oh, I, I ran 26 miles. <laughs> Hooray. I'm, I'm saying like when you hit that first quarter mile, that's yeah. the first time you've ever run that. Awesome. Do, give yourself a small celebration. Celebrate every milestone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've heard that, you know, your mental health can affect your physical health and vice versa. Your physical health affects your mental health. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So we are just learning all the time more and more about especially the mind gut relationship. So the things that we put in our body impact sort of the the biome that we have in our like intestines mm-hmm. and that influences what sorts of nutrition we have that influences how well our brains function and therefore how our moods are a lot of the time but 
there's also a lot of um, correlation between like physical activity and mood um, just because of the endorphins that we release and the sense of self-confidence that we can have if we're a little bit more active and, and feel good in our bodies. Um, so there's just so much overlap. I, w- I would say too that if we don't, if we have pain in our bodies, we tend to be a little bit more emotionally vulnerable as well, um, which is something that a lot of people kind of know, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily think about when they're going through their day to day. They don't think, oh, I have a headache, so that's why I'm cranky. They it makes sense. I have a headache. My head hurts. Yeah. I'm not cranky. <laughs> and then we, we just go down this rabbit trail of why I'm not that thing. Um, it makes perfect sense. But I think that there's just so much overlap between how our body is feeling and how our minds are working. And kind of with that, you know, you hear a lot about negative and positive self-talk. Is that really a thing that matters? And is it affecting your physical health as well? Yeah. So there's a lot of research out there um, that could, I mean, tons and tons of literature about the way that we talk to ourselves and how that influences um, the choices that we make and then also kind of the mindset we have, not just about ourselves, but about how we think about other people. That's kind of the big one is we tend to do a lot of like mind reading of other people where, well, if we have negative self-talk, we tend to think that other people think that way about us too. And that impacts our relationships and our motivation Um, the likelihood that we're going to um, just engage with other people in meaningful ways. Um, And I mean, that's beside the fact that it influences maybe how we're talking to ourselves when it comes to like getting up and going to the gym. Uh, If we have negative talk, we're probably not going to stay motivated very long to get up and work on ourselves. You talked a little bit about people in our lives. What about the people that we keep around our friends, our family? Can that make a difference in our mental and physical health too? Yeah. Um, I would say there's there's that old adage kind of garbage in garbage out sort of perspective, which people aren't garbage, but sometimes (laughs) the things that people say are not kind. Right. And they can be harmful to us. Um, And what people tend to say to us tends to be a lot of what influences how we think about ourselves. Um, We see this all the time in little kids uh, where maybe things that are said around them, they start repeating it. Or they start saying things about themselves and you're like, where on earth did you learn that? You're four. Um, and it's and and we do the same thing as adults where things that we hear around us, things that are said to us, we tend to then take that reflected in on ourselves and then relate to the world based on those types of things. I have heard, I don't know if this is a real or a myth, but I heard that you're kind of a combination of the three closest people in your life. Yeah. So you, if you they're all are. saying negative things, that can definitely affect who you are and what you think about yourself. Absolutely. Um, so say you're one of these people, you're trying to come up with a New Year's resolution, trying to figure out how to improve yourself, but you already eat right, you work out, you watch your weight, you watch your blood pressure. What are some other healthy habits that people like this can add to their life to add to their mental health and help improve it when they're doing so many great things physically already? Yeah, I I would say that the number one thing that I encourage everyone to do is to make sure, above all else, they're sleeping. Um, people who tend to be very productive, very energetic, really go-getter type people, they tend not to sleep. Yes. Um, and although in the immediate moment that doesn't necessarily tear you down, over time your body will start to react to it um, and start to just break down because it needs to sleep to recover from mm-hmm. the exercise and all the things that you're doing and all of the ways that you're trying to navigate life, your body processes food better if you sleep. Um, so you're, you're 
nutritional habits might be kind of being undercut. Interesting. If you're not sleeping well. Um, I would say another thing that a lot of us tend to not take enough time to do, and this is true for myself as well, uh, is taking quiet space. Taking space to just be quiet, even if it's just five minutes, just be quiet, no electronics, no people running around. Um, Just taking a moment to let yourself like notice what's going on inside and let the thoughts run their loops. Um, We tend to avoid doing that. Yeah, well, with today's society, you know, you have your phone, you have your laptop, you have your TV. There's always something mm-hmm. going on in the background. There's background noise no matter what. Yeah, and and as it turns out, boredom is one of the most stimulating things you can hand yourself. Really? Yeah, it, it really, if you allow yourself to be bored, you're more likely to be creative. Hmm. Um, and you're more likely to actually be kind of in touch with who you are and how you're feeling and and make good choices about where you want to go from there, too. So just don't get so distracted by the electronics is what you're saying from time to time, yeah. right? Yeah, from time to time. So, OK, we talked about the people who are doing everything right physically. But what if you're someone that just hates working out? You don't like going to the gym. You don't like being sweaty. Could you use that hatred as a motivator or are there other different routes you can take? I think, yeah, you probably can. Um, I I have definitely run across a couple of um, folks uh, who kind of influence uh, the exercise world who they really encourage people to do things like swear while they're working out. If you don't, if you are just mad and you don't like it, just let it rip, you know, like yell into the air if you need to. Um, That might not be everybody's cup of tea. Especially if you're Um, surrounded by a bunch of other people. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, you know, some people don't feel comfortable maybe like growling or grunting while they're exercising but that's another way to kind of let out frustration if you are not one of those people who wants to be just really out there using that frustration as fuel it's okay to do less strenuous activity taking walks Mm -hmm. is still incredibly healthy for you it's good for your heart it's good for your mind it's really good for your thinking processes um, kind of stimulates both sides of your brain equally Um, so taking walks is great. If you like dancing, dancing is a phenomenal exercise. It doesn't have to be Zumba. It can literally be one minute of just jamming out to your favorite song in your back. Yeah. Dance in the kitchen while you're making some food. (laughs) It can be, it can be like crawling around on the floor with your kids and playing. Like it can be all kinds of things. So it's really just about getting your body moving, being physically active, but you don't have to go to the gym and lift a hundred pound weights and be sweaty and all of that. If you don't want to. Yeah. If you don't want to, it's, I mean, the unhappiness that it brings you is probably not worth. It's outweighing the the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Well then lastly, I just want to wrap up. What's your best advice when it comes to setting achievable goals this year? Ooh, achievable goals. So I would say um, sitting down and determining what's realistic for you. Like, is this something that you're actually going to be able to do? I would say if you're setting achievable goals, try to set something you can do within the next like two to three months and build on that goal from there. A lot of people, especially this time of the year, they like to um, kind of set like by the end of the year, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run a marathon or something like that. And it's like, that's awesome. Set your long-term goal, but make sure that your goals in between are going to help you get there. Well, you're going to blink and it's suddenly October and you feel like you didn't do anything. Exactly. Um, And I would say that with that comes, uh, comes 
celebrations, like celebrating throughout the process. The little things you were talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. So motivating. Um, People don't even realize it. It can just be a tiny little fist bump in the air, like saying, I got this sort of thing. Um, It actually releases kind of an impressive little burst of dopamine in your brain. Really? Okay. Just to do a tiny little celebration. I need to celebrate myself more then. Exactly. (laughs) So I I would say that I would say that if it's going to be something time sensitive and it's realistic for you and your body, um, it's realistic for your schedule and your your time and your energy um, and you're letting yourself celebrate along the way. That's probably going to help a lot with some of those New Year's resolutions. Once again, we're talking to Esther Wilcox, clinical director and licensed marriage and family therapist at the Bowen Center about getting mentally and physically healthy for the new year. Esther, is there anything else that you want to add really quick before we wrap up today? I would add one thing, and that would be if you start a goal and it falls off around March or somewhere in there, as they tend to do, it's okay. You can always pick back up. You haven't failed. You just That just means you learned something. You learned something about your plan that wasn't quite right for you, and you always have the chance to go back in and try something different. It's never too late, right? Right. All right. Well, once again, if you have any questions about today's topic or you want to learn more, you can text Bowen, B-O-W-E-N, to 46862. And you can also visit the Mental Health and Wellness Hub under On Demand on WME.com.